Today on Recur Now, the best email marketing in the game, we will be the judge of that. Plus, a self-proclaimed funnel lover walks us through Demand Gen's greatest adventure. And we have a ProfitWell webinar update. It's coming in hot. We join forces with AppQs tomorrow. All this and more, as always, today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Wednesday, February 19th. I'm Abby Sullivan. I'm Grace Gagnon. And I'm James Herrick. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. We start with the news. Mailfloss, the platform that creates an email validation tool for busy businesses, claims it's found the best email marketing campaigns on the internet. Yeah, because the Mailfloss team knows it's not always simple to conjure up revolutionary e-marketing ideas, but there are hundreds of super successful companies out there who have done this right, and we're finding inspiration from those. So let's point out our favorites, shall we, G? We shall. I am all about the Airbnb example they highlight, which Mailfloss calls, quote, the helpful hint and is essentially a vision of welcoming the user to the Airbnb experience. As we've touched on in various realms in the show, research proves that emails or internet pages, that is, with a welcome message, generate more engagement than any other of their kind. Airbnb nails it in this space and is sure to keep tabs on the searches that its users make later leveraging this data to send targeted, personalized emails to follow up. Creepy for some, helpful for most. I'm also digging the Starbucks example, not just because I'm a fiend for coffee, but because I know customer retention is key. One way to keep your audience engaged is to interact with them from the get-go, giving them reasons to click link, sign up, and engage with your brand even further. But don't bombard them with text, Mail Floss reminds. Keep it sleek and simple with clear CTAs. Starbucks demonstrates this well with obvious steps regarding how to manage your Starbucks profile, join the loyalty program, and the whole like. Although with that one, I'm a little hesitant about the inclusion of multiple CTAs. I'm more of a one CTA and done gal, but I am open to A-B testing. Well, a vital move Starbucks made back in 2009 was reestablishing its loyalty program that rewarded customers for purchases. So if you study many successful product-based companies closely, you'll notice these types of loyalty rewards programs are usually at play. But I respect your comment there. That's actually the beauty of all these examples that Mailfloss points out. They're up for debate. So we'll link to this resource in your subscriber newsletter and you can check them out and be sure to send us your thoughts if you have them. Email is an ever-changing art. So we're super keen to hear your take. You don't have to exploit your own tactics per se, but if you want to, we are all ears. Email me at abby at recurnow.com with your input. Pack your bags and grab your passport. We're off to webinar land. Tomorrow, that is. We partner with AppQs to deep dive on how user experience impacts your retention. We know it's easy to focus on growth because it drives the heart of your business. But if you're only focusing on attracting new customers, you're missing out on the growth potential of retaining your current customers. So in this webinar, we'll take a look at what the data says about retention and revenue and offer advice for how you can provide a best-in-class user experience to start retaining more of your hard-earned customers today. We'll link to the sign-up, as always, in your subscriber newsletter. Limited entries, though, so you guys got to get in there quick. And now on to Greater Adventures with Drift's funnel lover and VP of Marketing, Kate Adams. Kate sent out a newsletter to CEO David Cancel's subscriber base this month on what she says is her true passion funnels. Kate says she's fond of funnels because, quote, each and every one is nothing more than a series of complex problems. 
And apparently she loves solving those problems. No company's funnel is exactly alike. Whether it's the qualification and business rules or go-to-market motions that allow someone to enter and then move from stage to stage, every funnel is unique. And although funnels are never solved, nor will they ever be perfect, she calls them Demand Jen's Great Adventure. And she's challenging us to think about our own adventure. How can you constantly push yourself to optimize and improve the work you do every single day? More importantly, how are you encouraging and cheering on those around you to improve themselves and their work every day. Food for thought and thought for funnels. Kate says at Drift, they've reimagined the entire funnel because people should be treated like people, not leads, she says. She claims B2B marketing is broken. We've lost our way by optimizing our strategies around acronyms instead of people, and that has to change. So Drift has a book all about how conversations are apparently transforming the marketing funnel. You can download that and read all about how the MQL or marketing qualified lead is apparently dead. We'll link to that in your subscriber newsletter. And that's a wrap on your February 19th subscription news. Up next, a spotlight on HubSpot's Brian Halligan because he also has a thing or two to say about the funnel or the past of it. Today's subscription sapien is Brian Halligan who, as CEO and co-founder of HubSpot, has scaled the company to the number one spot in marketing automation. Here's why he advises us to avoid the traditional sales model in our voyage to greatness. Sure, Brian's a master at scale, but first we must address his mastery at being a deadhead. Although Brian doesn't consider himself the ostentatious type, his deep affinity for the Grateful Dead led him to splurge on Jerry Garcia's guitar, dubbed The Wolf, for nearly $2 million. From this episode of Protect the Hustle, Brian tells us why he pulled the trigger and how it felt to be a rock star for a night. I'm a big deadhead. No secret, you wrote a book, basically. I wrote a book about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. The Wolf, his guitar he used through the 1970s, was up for auction in New York City, and the day I went up for auction, like a hundred of my deadhead buddies would say, you know, you should buy this. And I thought, that's not me, I don't, I'm not, first of all, I'm not showy, that's not my thing, and like, that's a lot of, it's gonna be a lot of money, like, no. And then my buddy David Meerman Scott, one of my best friends, he called me, and no one ever calls me, so I picked up the phone, I'm like, dude, what's up? And he's like, you should buy Wolf. Like, you're crazy, that's not my MO. It's like, here's how you want to think about it. You've got money, right? And you're buying stocks and bonds and cash and you're diversifying, doing all the stuff you're supposed to be doing, I assume, of course. You need to diversify your portfolio even further. And you could buy art, but you don't like art. But if you bought art, it could increase in value and it's a diversified thing. You can kind of enjoy it well. This is like art. And if you buy it, it will probably increase in value and you can enjoy it and you can play it and you can loan it out. I happened to be in New York the week of the auction. I went over the auctioneer, played the guitar a little bit. Then I called David and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bid on it. And the first number came out, whatever it was, $800,000. And 60 hands went up, and my hand went up. I was told to do two things and two things only, because I had never bought anything in an auction. One, don't drink. Two, have a number in your head and don't move from the number. And so I raised my hand, there's, everybody's got their hand up. I'm like, I'm never gonna get this thing. But then they incremented it up, incremented it up. I kept raising my hand and incremented it up. It was super fun, by the way. Yeah. I felt like I was in a movie. And then there was two of us. You know, it, it dropped off incredibly quickly at 1.5. And then it hit 1.6. I was the only one with my hand up. And then she went 1.7. There was no one else there. And she went around again. And I went. And the place erupted. <laughs> I, was, I was a famous rock star-like character for like two hours That's that awesome. one night.
Hey, if you've got the funds and you're as big of a deadhead to write a book called Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead, it feels like you've earned this one. So what else is Brian nailing it at? In addition to being a top-rated CEO for HubSpot, Brian's an author, senior lecturer, tennis player, nap advocate, and Red Sox fan. He is a Massachusetts native who's leveraged the Boston tech scene incredibly well. For decades, Brian has coached startups to scale-ups, dropping knowledge from lectures to co-authoring two books. One, Inbound Marketing, Get Found Using Google, Social Media, and Blogs, and, of course, the aforementioned Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead. He brought HubSpot from startup status to a company with a $4.7 billion market cap, now dipping into the sales and help desk markets. So how does Brian look at startup versus scale-up, and where the hell did he start in creating such a monster in the space? He talks about this in a HubSpot Academy YouTube video. Yeah, the way, the way I kind of think about companies, they go through different phases. Uh, it's like an S-curve they go through. The beginning, the tough part is, can you get product market fit? Can you build something that another human will part at least a dollar with uh, to buy? And then, okay, you got some customers, you're getting a product market fit. Then can you can you acquire some customers and get the math to work a little bit so I can acquire a customer for X and get the value of at least three X out of that? And then the next phase is what I call the scale-up phase. So the first two phases are kind of the startup phase. Scale-up phase is can I pour a lot of resources into the top of my funnel and acquire customers at X for at least three X at scale and not break it, not completely shake the machine and, and have the wheels fall off. So it took us uh, probably six, seven years to kind of get out of startup mode. And we've been in scale-up mode for the last couple of years where we acquire customers for plus or minus, you know, $12,000 and our total value for a customer, you know, plus or minus $55,000. We were able to hit the gas and not have the car fall apart. Uh, that's kind of the journey we've been on. So we now know the difference, but I want something concrete from Brian's brain. Brian believes the most successful startups are the ones that are frictionless, moving from the traditional sales funnel method to the flywheel, which he himself just started implementing a year ago. Here's Brian at the HubSpot conference inbound 2018 on why the flywheel is the funnel of our future. So what's my growth model? Of course my growth model is a flywheel. Throw out your old concept of the funnel, embrace the flywheel. And then my flywheel behaves according to this equation. The equation looks complicated, but it's actually quite simple. The numerator at the top says keep investing in sales, keep investing in marketing, but boy, the investments you make in delighted customers, you get a bigger return on investment. I would also say that take your sales and marketing resources and see if you can move them slightly to not just focusing on closing customers, but delighting customers. A lot of power in the numerator. The denominator, of course, is delight. Uh, sorry, the denominator, of course, is friction. Get the friction out. The lower the friction in your model, the faster you're gonna grow. If you enjoyed this snippet of the Subscription Sapien, share this and make sure you're subscribed to Recur Now to receive them straight to your inbox. And finally, a teaser for more subscription sapiens. If you have a name in the industry you feel deserves a feature, send me a note to abby at recurnow.com and we will shine them in the spotlight. Subscription sapiens. Patty McCord. Teen Zoo. Brian Halligan. Gail Goodman. Find this and more like it on recurnow.com. And that's a wrap. 
for your February 19th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow as usual for more. And don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have some news to share with our audience or input on the topics we hit. Remember, this show is for you. So let's create it together. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find news for this show, subscribe for more like it at ProfitWell.com slash Recur. Recur.